Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another amazing episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, I'm your co-host, Dallas Montague. Today we have a special guest in the studio, Christelle Owen at Christian Counseling Online. She helps her clients find their own solutions to their problems through active listening. Through her unique techniques, she enables her clients to take responsibility for their own life and make their own decisions. She specializes in trauma and abuse counseling, but has a wide range of experience. What Christelle has to share with us today is very encouraging. She talks about her Christian testimony, how she met Jesus trying to fill a hole in her heart. She was hungry for truth, and she looked everywhere she could to find it. She tried everything that the world had to offer. And I want to talk about that for a second. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, He has made beautiful everything in its own time. Also, He has put eternity into man's heart so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And I think after listening to Christelle's testimony, after hearing what she had to share today, this is the scripture that's been on my heart the whole time I was listening to her speak, the whole time I was hearing her story, was that there was a hole in her heart. She searched through the world. She was looking everywhere to be filled. She tried what the world had to offer. She tried drugs. She tried different religions. She tried all that she could to fill that desire. She tried it with a career. And what she later found out in life was that the only thing she could ever be filled by was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the one who laid his life down for our sins that we may live. And that's exactly what this testimony is for Christelle. And this story is very relatable. If you guys can look back in your past and see where you were trying to fill the hole of Jesus and then when you finally met Jesus and how your life became different, how your life was transformed because the truth has been found, the truth has been fulfilled in your own life. And maybe you're in a point in your life where you're still seeking for the truth. You're still looking and you're still trying different things. Maybe a relationship, a job, addiction. Maybe you're like Christelle where it was different religions that the world has to offer. But I just want to encourage you today that Jesus is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the only reason why we're here today. He's the one who saves us from our sin, the one that captures us from our past and lets us live a new life. So before we get into the podcast today, I'm going to say a prayer and then we'll get into it. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray thank you so much for this podcast, for this platform, and I just invite you in, Holy Spirit. I pray that you go before us, that you touch the hearts of the listeners today. God, I pray that as Crystal speaks, that the Holy Spirit begins to open up our hearts and reveal areas that we need to change, reveal areas that are different and that we may have a hole in our heart that needs to be filled by you. God, so I pray that we have a deeper intimacy with you through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Gift. Growing intentional families together believes adoption influences a family throughout their lives. 
They change the cultural myth, which asserts adoption is a happily ever after event, which permanently and painlessly solves the problems for children, adoptive parents, and birth parents. At GIFT, they view adoption through Christ's perspective. Contact them at giftfamilyservices.com. As a father of eight, he understands the need and desire to protect those near and dear to you at an affordable cost. He has a flexible, affordable, and nationwide healthcare plans to protect your loved ones wherever they travel in the U.S. and internationally. His portfolio plans let you tailor your coverage to your needs, and you can just stay and rest easily. Visit the Health Insurance Dad on Facebook today. Crystal, how are you today? Hello, I'm fine, thank you, and thank you for having me today. Where are you coming out of today? Well, here I'm, I'm in London at the moment, but I'm a French person, so I'm, I'm from London in a way. Well, it's good to have you on the show today, and like we always do, we begin the podcast with our Christian testimony, so if you can take the first 10 to 15 minutes and just share your story with us. That would be my pleasure. Okay, so um, I was born in France. Um, my parents divorced when I was two years old. Um, I lived with my mom, who had kind of mental health issues. Um, I was raised in a Catholic school. Um, I loved God, but I didn't really understand who God was. Um, I would sometimes change prayers because I didn't understand it and it didn't make sense to me. And I would sometimes sing songs to God and it would be like kind of psalms, which I found out later on. I didn't know where it was coming from. I was very inspired, very poetic. And I'm talking about when I was about seven, eight years old. And um, I mean, in my home, there was it was a dysfunctional family. There was quite a lot of abuse and everything. So my way to make myself feel better would be to pray, to spend time with God. But still, once again, I didn't know if I had to spend time with God, with Jesus or with Mary. It was very confusing. Although I was going to a Sunday school. Uh, with my with my school we had some, we had to attend Sunday school because it was a Catholic school but I was really torn between the understanding of God and when I was asking questions or very often I would say can I have a bible and they would give me a missal and I was never satisfied I wanted more of that and then gradually I started to to pray more and more because I was asthmatic so I was I could be ill very often and my only refuge was to pray to God and I could sense his presence I didn't know about the trinity but I could feel that he was not the father I I didn't feel like he was Jesus but I felt like he was the third person which later on I understood it was the holy spirit but at the time I didn't really know what it was and I kept it secret for a while because I was I had the fear that people would not understand me and especially um not to be disrespectful but in the catholic faith I could not hear at all about a relationship with the holy spirit so I was kind of a bit on my own in that but this presence gave me wisdom it gave me understanding in certain situation although I was very young um and almost an insight in people I was young but I could feel people um, and I knew that I was safe and then by the age of 11 years old I had a new best friend so it was at school um, I was quite intrigued at first didn't really like her and then gradually learned to get to know her and she introduced me to spiritism therefore I started to do 
Ouija board and reading cards and it became almost a passion. It was very exciting. And um, after a while, this presence that I was talking about completely disappeared gradually and I started to feel empty, to be scared, very lonely and very lost. And that's once again, I was quite young. I I felt all this experience and living with my mum was quite unbearable. So I went to a Catholic boarding school after that and started to practice spiritism with my friends. And uh, that became a lifestyle almost. I was passionate of reading cards. Um, At 14 years old, I moved to my dad and and lived with two of my younger sisters and uh, his wife. And it went wrong again, so uh, we were placed in a children's home. And then by the age of 19 uh, in the children's home, they tell me, okay, you're getting older now, we can't afford to keep you longer, so you need to make a decision about what you want to do for life. So I started very quickly to study something like secretary and and, and become um, a librarian in a in a job and I started to be bitter because I was very lonely I was not in touch with my mum I was not in touch with my dad I was not in touch with my sisters because we were all moved into a children's home and there was this bitterness and anger and thinking well anyway god doesn't really exist what i experienced when i was a child was very lovely but anyway there's no understanding about that so what's the point i remember yes there was a time i was so bitter and i was living in a small room in the middle of paris on my own and sometimes i would be so down i would smoke weeds and you know and and, and i remember there was a time where i stayed maybe for a week just in bed and I just didn't want to live my life. It was like, I just don't want to do it. I just don't see the point. I'm really on my own. What's the point? And all of a sudden, I heard something and it was inside me. So it's very difficult to explain it. But I just heard and it was in French, live your life. And I remember this, wow, thinking, what is going on? I knew it was a voice inside. It was not outside. And I knew it was not coming from me because I was not even thinking that. I was just depressed in my bed. And it was like, I just stood up and just started to, okay, start to to go to work with a different attitude. It was just that little sentence made such a big difference in me, even if I didn't know where it was coming from. So I finally found a good job as a librarian in a financial newspaper in Paris. But I still could not feel fulfilled. Um, I was receiving also counseling um, and I found it that it was quite amazing. I thought, wow, that's amazing, but I still not fulfilled. I was bored. I started to question life. I was even more empty than ever because I thought if I find a good career, I was quite young, find a good career, that's it. That's the beginning of a new life. I can finally have a decent life, even if I don't have family. Mm, a purpose, can... yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a purpose, absolutely. I can create my own family, like my counselor was encouraging me, you know, to, you know, one day you will have your own family. But I remember looking around and thinking, what's the point? I thought, no, I've got a good job. I start to make money, but I'm still not happy. I hated life. I wanted something new to the point that I wanted to speak another language in order to forget my past and my identity so deep it was. So one day overnight, I gave my notice and decided to move to London, um, work in a McDonald's for a few months in order to learn English. So there was a big contrast. You can imagine I had my own office before. Learning English at McDonald's. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. <laughs> because I had to do it. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
but to be honest, Dallas, it was not so much of a challenge because all I wanted to do is to escape my life. So I thought if I go in another country and speak another language, I will forget about myself. And I think I had an identity issue as well. So it, it, it was a new beginning. And I thought, okay, finally, I'm going to start something good. And, and I, start, I started to speak English after maybe a few months. Then um, I met someone and had a child and um, once again those issue of identity raised up when I had a daughter actually you know I felt like I had nothing to give and and I remember when I looked at this baby I said God if you do exist I just want to say thank you because I was looking at that perfect child and thinking that cannot come from me you know it's just with my life my past how can something so beautiful can come out of me so that was also again those questions about life and the father of my child was raised as a Jehovah's Witness so although he wasn't one he would sometimes quote some verse of the Bible and that intrigued me and I used to find it very interesting I was like okay oh really I didn't know the Bible was saying this I didn't know the Bible was saying that and he was not even a Christian himself but I think he do remember the way he was raised with his mum and sometimes he would see it in life as a lifestyle if you see what I mean and that made it alive to me and I thought wow that's interesting but anyway the relationship didn't last because once again I was too much struggling in my mind and uh, we separated and I went back to France for two years and during that time still looking searching for the meaning of life and I found uh, something called Church of Scientology <laughs> um, so I was part of it for a very very short time maybe two months and then I thought no that's not what I'm looking for so I was searching for something and uh, I didn't agree with what they believed I was I find it quite weird that I could see pictures of their boss or leader in each room and that made me feel really uncomfortable and I said no that's definitely not that for me so I just left early enough to be able to leave <laughs> and um, I remember I had two neighbors one was a Catholic and one was a Muslim and we had often talks about life about religion about morals so I was the kind of atheist one was sometimes reading cards to find out about the future and the other two were two believers one was a catholic and one was a muslim and i remember that the catholic one um, was intriguing me was telling me things about the bible sometimes we had conversation i was saying that i didn't really agree with them having a boss like the pope you know but for me other things that he was saying could make sense uh, he was talking about humility. He was talking about forgiveness. And I was very bitter. And it really touched my heart to the point where I was really upset when I would go home. And I was thinking, what is he talking about? He would raise certain things. And I could feel that my heart was challenged. After that, I decided to go back to the UK again because my daughter's dad was there. And I wanted her to have a relationship with her dad. And before leaving, I, I made a promise to the two uh, to the Muslim neighbor and the Catholic guy that I would search for God for one month. That's what I said. Um, because they said to me that I had a heart for God, but I was not really aware of it. And I said, okay. Um, what I had as a non-Christian was integrity. And I thank God for that. So I promised that I would do my research and I would look for God for one month. So once I arrived in London, <laughs> I had a, a flat 
um, which was maybe one minute away from a church. And I decided to attend that church um, just to say to myself, okay, I kept my promise for a month. I'm just going to go there. So the church was uh, a Protestant church and I never heard really about being Protestant. All I knew was Catholicism. So when I went to the church, I started to talk and, and to ask questions about the meaning of life. So they gave me a course which is called the Alpha course. Have you heard about that? Uh, I haven't, no. All right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a course which is quite known now, I think, in Europe, in the UK, France and everything. And it, it linked all the churches together. That's why I thought that it was a very powerful course, actually. So any churches, any denomination can be can follow that course. So it talks about the meaning of Jesus, who is Jesus, you know, why following him. And, and the way it was explained was, it's very, it's brilliant. You can't deny that Jesus did exist because I was at a point where saying, you know what, Jesus does, we don't even know if he did exist. That was 2000 years ago. So it was a really good presentation and I stuck with me and I thought, okay, that's, that's really interesting. And then gradually, um, after that, I went to the library to do some research about Christianity. I was starting to, to do some course to become a counselor. So I thought, okay, if I want to be a good counselor, I need to understand everybody's religion. So why not starting to read some books? So I started to study Buddhism, um, Sikh as well. Um, I read the Quran. And after that, I thought, okay, I want to read the Torah. But I knew that the Torah was the first part of the Bible. So I said, oh, I need to read the Bible. I will have at least an Old Testament. And then when I started to read the Bible, everything for me fell into place. Wow. That is, I just want to pause you for a second. Sure. Wow. You have a lot of different perspective of all the different religions that the world offers. I want to say it like that specifically that the world offers because you're about to say, I believe that that was all of the world and the Bible is what made sense to you because it's the truth, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's really incredible. I haven't talked to a lot of people that have experienced all the different religions like that, but it sounds like you had an inside perspective from a lot of those different religions and talked with people and sat with people and discussed. So I'm intrigued. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was searching, to be honest, Dallas. I was thirsty. I was desperate. I wanted, you know, I, I was searching for the truth. I think this is it. It's the truth that I was searching for. Um, and Jesus is the truth. So what I think, yes. Yeah, so when I was doing my research and I started to read the Bible, some things touched me a lot is when I started to read the book of Psalms. And even I'm talking to you now and I feel shivers because I just remember this moment. And when I read the book of Psalms, that was what I was praying when I was a child, when I was going through hard time with my mom or whatever. And I remember saying thanks to God to many things, talking about creation, whatever. And when I was reading the Psalms of David, I was like, this is it. I know that. I could even sometimes finish the sentence of what I was reading because I knew it in my heart. I don't know if I make sense when I'm explaining that. So when I was reading Psalms, it really shaped me because I knew some part of it. And I thought, wow, nobody told me about it. Nobody. So it had to be the, the Holy Spirit. But at the time, I still couldn't understand what was the Holy Spirit. I was just reading the Bible. And then I was looking at some um, writing from unbelievers who were against Christianity and actually gave me even more faith because at one point they talk about, okay, that Jesus might have calculated the day when he was going to be 
crucified in order to show that at that time there would be an eclipse. And uh, and I think how, you know, it's very twisted thinking, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I was more I was doing research about people who are against Christianity, more it reinforced me on my Christianity and thinking, no, this that can't be true, that the Bible seems to make sense. I don't I couldn't see any contradiction. I was looking for them and then more I was digging and more I was thinking, no, it's not a contradiction actually. It actually completes what was said before. So it's it's a very um it was a, a long journey, but it became an clearer and clearer. And then I started to read a book called Good Morning Holy Spirit. I don't know if you heard about this book from Benny Hinn. No, I have heard of Benny Hinn but not that book specifically. Okay. No. Right. The, the, the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit, is quite an amazing book. And when I read it, I thought, wow. And it talks about, the, the, basically the whole book is about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and feeling his presence night and day and, and how he was excited to talk to the Holy Spirit. He knew that he was not Jesus. He knew that he was not the Father, but he could feel a third person. And that was exactly what I had um experienced when I was a child as well again um and I was like wow so I didn't dream so that was really true you know that was a confirmation and I could uh, and it was good to see that somebody else were talking about the Holy Spirit from a different perspective that was absolutely amazing I mean I had so many different ways also Joyce Meyer um have you heard about yeah, Joyce? Joyce Meyer is amazing yeah right I had a similar life as her so I remember feeling discouraged that day and I turned on on God God channel and she started to talk about the abuse that she's put through with her dad and everything. And all of a sudden I sat down and I was listening to her and I thought, oh, wow, okay, I I got it now, you know. And she was explaining how God turned a situation into a positive one and transformed her and that she she didn't know right from wrong but God gave her a new understanding of life and I said I want this I want this you know and 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 what happened is that I started to read the Bible from back to cover for I don't know every day I was reading maybe two hours two hours three hours a day and I felt so much joy which I could not explain and obviously People talk about happiness, but actually what's important is joy because it doesn't go away. And then things start to make sense. You would look, watch the news. You would understand what's happening. You would hear people's story and you would have a kind of a clarity and understand. It's like everything was making sense to me. And knowing and all of a sudden you've got a feeling that you know the truth. And all of this, this truth start to set you free gradually. You know, I was at a point even before accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I remember I was I was a smoker. And I would, when I was starting to read the Bible, I would go outside and hide my cigarette behind my back. And I'm thinking, why am I hiding? People know that I'm a smoker. What's going on? So gradually there were little changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was... Little shifts in your identity of who you were. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also a, a boldness of knowing, yes, I started to find identity about myself, yes, and feeling bold about what I believed. Uh, although that is interesting because people knew me as an unbeliever and I was really against Christianity. I thought people were brainwashed. I thought people, you know, just wanted to, you were using the Bible out of context just to make them feel themselves better. Um, mm-hmm. But then I became the one 
who changed her mind, and now I'm very vocal about Jesus. And this is basically, and one day I said, well, I have, I have to, to be even bolder. I have to make a choice now. And, and overnight I said, I'm going to give my life to Christ. And I did. And since it's something that I will ne- I've never regretted, um, my life didn't become better overnight. But um, when I was going through challenge or whatever, it never, I never had any thinking, oh, I should have stayed in the world. Never. It's just that every day I'm, I'm grateful to God that I am, I am finally his child. Uh, and I just want to serve him because there's no other mm. other gods. And because as you, as you can see, I've, I've I've tried so many different ways and I've I've studied so many different religions. Um, at the end, it was definitely clear that only Jesus could stand out from anybody else. About your testimony, I want to touch on this point. This kept coming into my mind as you were speaking. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says that everything is beautiful in its own time and that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. And that's where we get the, the inspiration behind the God-shaped hole of eternity in our hearts. And I think that's exactly what your testimony is. It's a picture of a hole in your heart the size of Jesus, and you were looking to fill it with a job, with different religions, with different ideas, different perspectives, and a reason behind all the the madness, a reason behind all the beauty, you know? And then you finally find Christianity, and bam, it makes so much sense because it fills that hole, and I love it. It's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your testimony. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> How old were you when you gave your life to Jesus? So I was in the 20s, 22, 23. 20, 22, mm-hmm. 23. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so after you gave your life to Jesus and now where you are today, now you're a Christian counselor. Yes. <laughs> so what led from what led from that moment, giving your life to Jesus, your life being transformed, not overnight, but slowly into being the Christian counselor that you are today? Well, you see, when you find Jesus, you, you find your identity in Christ. And I think I had some of the elements in my life before. I was quite a good listener. I was quite intuitive. When I see someone, I can see through, you know, uh, but I didn't know how to put it into practice. I didn't know what to do with it. But when I became a Christian, when I became a Christian, I remember thinking, oh, I know, I want to be a counselor. It came very quickly because I was thinking at one point the pastor was preaching about gifts. What are your gifts? And when I looked at my gift and put them together, I thought I can only be a Christian counselor. I don't see what else I can be. I think to be fair, being a Christian counselor, it's not like, oh, today I decide to be a Christian counselor. I think it's a calling. Um, and it's one of the first gifts that I was aware when I decided to give my life to Christ. I just knew that I wanted to help others. And, um, I have experience of suffering and mental health when I left with my, lived with my mom and been in a dysfunctional family. And that gave me a, a great understanding of so many things. And, and, and I felt like, okay, I want to help people. You have so many people hurting around you. And, and how do you do it? So I remember being a good listener. People would come to me very quickly where they would call me and I was exhausted because I would spend hours over the phone trying to reassure people to encourage people and I thought okay God can I do can I make a living of it (laughs) (laughs) and that's how it started so I looked online and I thought okay maybe I need to look for Christian counseling I didn't even know it did exist really I just knew about counselors and there was one which was a few minutes maybe two minutes walk away from my home 
and I thought, okay, that's even a better sign. And I, I, and, and I started to do the course there. So I was, it was walking distance. And from there, I studied for five years and I became more and more involved into it, more passionate about it. And um, I decided, okay, today, I'm, you know, I'm going to start as a business or as a ministry at the same time because you don't want to turn it as a business because it's your heart which is into it. But on the other hand, you mm-hmm. have to put food on the table, obviously. Yeah. And when you speak of a Christian counselor, what makes a Christian counselor different than a non-biblical counselor? Just for our listeners to understand that. Right. Okay. So I think, first of all, we have different morals and values. So I advertise myself as a Christian counselor because I want people to know that I am a Christian. This is my identity. I can't help it. So that's number one. And secondly, the way I would work with clients from a Christian perspective would be looking sometimes at forgiveness because this is powerful and that helps you that release the pain and that is not often taught in the secular counseling we are also pro-life so the kind of clients that I've got most of the time they come with an attitude of being willing to be closer to God or sometimes what they want is to repent and they want somebody to help them to put them on the right track in order to fulfill this requirement. Um, now, if you go to a secular counselor, they might not see things the same way. There are certain things for, in terms of family, for example, the values are different. A Christian counselor will see that pornography is an issue. A secular counselor doesn't see it that way. So values can be very different. Therefore, we'll that's have definitely a very different. Yeah, absolutely. And the the next question is: What is the difference between a coach, a life coach, and a counselor? Right. So a life coach will help you to set and achieve goals. A counselor would help you to recognize your underlying issue and solve your problem. So the way I work with my clients is the the. The goal is for me to take you closer to God, but at the end, you become your own counselor. So I'm not there to tell you what to do, because I do believe that you have the understanding, you have the knowledge. But it's just about finding your strengths and weaknesses, and therefore keeping your strength and strengthening your weaknesses in order to help yourself. And at the end, you even want to, once you feel strong, you want to also help others. And so it helps them to continue to do it themselves so they don't need a counselor for the rest of their life. They can learn the habits and learn the, the process of going to God. He helps you and then you move on, right? Absolutely. That's that's kind of the idea there. Absolutely. Okay. And let's not forget that the counselor is God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel. Yeah. <laughs> just teaching the process. I think that's really important. I know a guy who was doing a similar thing. He was teaching us in this addiction program to go to God, you know, and I think it's the same format that you're doing. And I think it's really powerful. It changed my life and I've seen it change uh, hundreds of other men's lives. So yes, I totally agree with this. I back it hundred percent. Thank you. What other services, what types of services do you offer for your clients? Well, I do counseling one-to-one and I do counseling for couple or married uh, marriage counseling I do it online I do face-to-face as well but I'm based in the UK so <laughs> but I also do it online um, because it works 
but I don't do any coaching, okay. as I would mention, because it's... As you mentioned, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. And also I work with mm-hmm. mental health issues because it's not only about helping clients to find their own direction, it's also about doing the journey with them. Sometimes people have been abused, um, people have been um, traumatized. So actually, I would say my specialty, why I feel that like God is sending me, um, because once you have a calling, you start to see where God wants you to be specialized in. Um, it's not only about being a Christian counselor. I do have a lot of people who've been abused emotionally, spiritually, believe it or not. It's quite common uh, using the scripture out of context. That's what I mean. Um, and also uh, sexually. And also there's a new thing which is coming out at the moment. It's called coercive control. And unfortunately, we see it more and more in the body of Christ. And can you go into that a little bit? Yes, of course. So coercive control is is about it's emotional abuse. So, but a bit deeper than that because it's somebody will control you to a point that you think that you are doing the wrong thing. Actually, it's the other person. So it plays with your mind. Gaslighting. That's what also it could be called. And the reason I say that I can see it more and more in the body of Christ is because, so I don't want to be sexist, but very often in terms of couple, very often the man is obviously the man is the head of the family and is also the head of the woman. And sometimes he can be used as his own advantage. And therefore, there are women who are very hurt because of that. And for instance, the, the scripture of your body doesn't belong to you. You know, all of these things can be used in a damaging way, if you see what I mean. Yeah. 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 Um, now, I mean, as I said, I don't want to be sexist. There are also women who play along and are not also, who are also playing the victim and go and complain and said, well, he hit me when he didn't. And those kind of things or use the social services against their partner whatever this is coercive control you control them but you will use something else to put them down and um, uh, I've seen people who've been really hurt in those kind of issues and it's becoming more and more because it's not something that you can put your finger on it's not something which is tangible it's all emotional but when in the body of Christ they will use scriptures out of context to justify their action and it can be very very damaging and i see that in marriages also very interesting i've never heard of that type before yeah yeah for the services that you offer and for our listeners here when is it a good time for a person or a couple to know when it's time to get a counsel when is that point when we're like yes we need help we can't do this by ourselves well, I mean, if you argue all the time, that's already a sign. Um, there's also if you are indifferent, if you don't talk like you used to, if you feel like you lo- lost this spark that you had at the beginning, I think it's very important to get marriage counselling. Even if you were doing it once a month, like a checkup, there are some people that their life are doing well, but they still want to receive counselling on a monthly basis because they want to, to, to have a checkup on their marriage it's almost like you know when you have a car or or whatever every year you take it for an MOT and that's the same sometimes you can be um you feel satisfied in one area but you don't know that your partner is not and it's not telling you and it's very important to keep the communication open um and sometimes when we are two we, we, when there's a third person who's neutral it can be very helpful 
an outside perspective of the emotions. Yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah. Yes. And I would also recommend to couples to, you know, do not hesitate to walk um, almost every day, you know, just have a walk for 15, 20 minutes after meal, if it's possible, just to talk. And because sometimes being able to be just next to each other and walking together in the park or whatever, or just around the house and not seeing face to face can be really helpful because you can finally talk about things that you don't want to talk face to face. So you're just on the side. It's, I love that tip because a lot of people come back and say, well, you know what, since we, we go for our walk 15 minutes a day, he has completely changed our life. He's more open about things and I am more open and we are more honest and there's more transparency because in a marriage you need transparency, you need honesty, mm-hmm. you need respect. Um, you know, and the question I ask often is to the man, do you feel respected? And to the woman is, do you feel loved? And those two things are very important in the marriage. Yeah. I'm interested in all of that because I just got married less than a month ago. And so I'm very intrigued. Like, oh, all right. right. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I learned something already. I mean, just a month in, I learned that being a better husband to me and being a better husband to her means something different. And I'm already learning, like, okay, like, okay, let's find out what it means to her. Oh. So I'm, I'm learning. Wow. I'm doing all right. So you have different expectations. So far. <laughs> different expectations, yes. Yes. So very good. The last question I have for you today is, what advice would you give to our listeners that are struggling at home with self-isolation during the coronavirus time? This wow. Wow. This is a real thing at the moment. And I'm really, really... Uh, sorry for those who are going through that I mean those who've been ill and everything I have so much compassion Um, it can be a scary time for everyone because we know that the world is not going to be the same anymore but we worship a God who knows who's not taken by surprise so that's 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 number one I mean if you are self-isolating like most of us it's time to be creative and try something new you know why not you know if you don't like your job why not try to change career and do some course online or write a book or create I don't know, a YouTube video, take some drawing lessons, learn an instrument, a language, but please don't spend too much time watching Netflix or movies because you might regret it at the end. And make sure that you use technology as a tool, not as a comfort, Um, because we can be easily tempted to just go online uh, in order not to face the reality. Get a routine and stick to it. Uh, do some exercise that's for sure there's plenty online now uh, but the routine is if you you need to wake up in the morning and not waking up at two o'clock in the afternoon because you don't want to face the day what I thought was very helpful is to ask God what you would like him to what you would like him to pray during that time because three days ago I was asking God you know what what do you want me to pray what do you want me to because there are things happening and I don't know I'm not in every I don't know I'm not in every home so I don't know what's happening and what came into my mind straight away so I don't know if it's because it's my speciality but it was domestic abuse violence uh, domestic violence sorry sexual abuse um, all of these things which are happening in the home that people are not aware of and I remember praying and being on my knees and and I felt really a strong feeling you know and and the next day when I uh, was watching the news there was a politician on tv I mean in the UK saying we've got our eyes on all those criminals who are created who are um, abusive and we know that there are some victims 
indoors. Uh, we can't do nothing about it right now, but we haven't forgotten you. She was very, very, very strongly oh. spoken. And she was like, yes, we can't do nothing at the moment because we're asking you to isolate yourself, but we will find you one day or another. And it was really a confirmation of, the fact that there are things happening indoors, we don't really realize that. But just think for a minute, a woman who is abused by her husband every, I mean, on a regular basis, how much more she must feel mm. unsafe. Imagine the nightmare or children were abused by their parents or whatever. How can that child survive? You know, so my prayer was about God to expose everything to you know, to, it's a very, it's for me, that's what I'm worried about. Sometimes some people would think that the virus out there is their enemy, but some, the enemy is already in the house. Wow. That's a very different perspective. I've asked a lot of questions from a lot of different people mm -hmm. about the coronavirus and their views behind it. I've never heard that perspective, but that's very true. That's something that we don't talk about or see a lot, but it's very true. It's behind the closed doors there. And it can get worse as well, because more mm -hmm. you stay, more it allows, you know, the abuser to do whatever he wants to or... And uh, yeah, this is for me, it's, it's been wow. really a concern, but I think it was really, definitely God who put that in my heart. And the next day hearing that on TV was the confirmation that, okay, God, I need to continue to pray about this. So as the body of Christ, we definitely need to pray. I mean, that's what God put into in my heart, but some other people have different ways of seeing things. As you said, you heard different version of the virus. <laughs> But uh, it's important to ask God what he wants us to pray for. If we cannot be physically active, we have to be spiritually active. And also, I would say, you know, stop listening to fake news because there are so many different explanations of why the virus is out there. Only God knows. Let's focus on the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's be, you know, it's the time to spend time in the word, to seek God with all our heart and mind and, and, and continue um, to meet up at least online with our brothers and sisters. Well, thanks again, Christelle, for being a part of this podcast today. How can our listeners get in touch with you? I'm going to add in your website here at the bottom, but what's another way that they can reach out to you social media wise? Okay, so I've got the first one is christiancounselingonskype.com. I'm also, they can Skype me. Um, my name on Skype is Chrissy5, so C-H-R-Y-S-S-E-5, the number five. Uh, otherwise, I'm also on Twitter, which is um, Chrissy1, C-H-R-Y-S-S-E-1, and they will see Christian counseling online, and, and, and that's me again. Okay, sounds great. Well, to end this podcast, would you be able to end us in prayer? Of course. Yes, that's my pleasure. So, Father God in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this interview. We thank you for Dallas and all his team. And we pray, Lord, for all the people who are struggling right now, whether it's emotionally, financially, psychologically, spiritually, Lord. And I pray for your healing, your total healing. You are the one who can infiltrate and go in every home, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that to all the listeners who are listening right now, they might feel your peace, Lord, and have a revelation from you, a personal revelation. I thank you for, the post, for this podcast, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that you bless the team. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.
with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.